Welcome to the Benefits Executive Roundtable, hosted by Dorothy Koshu, President of Advanced Benefit Consulting. Dorothy is a nationally recognized benefits and compliance consultant and group health broker. Here, you'll listen to industry experts break down the latest news and trends in employee benefits, healthcare reform, regulations and compliance, all designed to empower executive decisions. Hello, everyone. I'm Dorothy Koshu, host of the Benefits Executive Roundtable. I'm happy to announce that we're going to be presenting a three-part series on one of the most important topics in employee benefits, healthcare and health plan financing and cost containment, to close out our Season 3. For Part 1 of this series, we're going to take a look at some health plan financing methods for fully insured plans, including some cost containment strategies. I have with me today my guest, Bob Quaid, Senior Broker Representative for CalChoice, a health plan option available for small groups under 100 employees here in California, which allows employees employers to budget their health plans and maintain that budget through the use of their CalChoice health plan alternative. Welcome, Bob, and thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Dorothy, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I am actually excited to have you here. Thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure. Well, let's start from the beginning. I think most people think that fully insured plans are pretty limited in their ability to provide cost containment. I know I feel that way sometimes because I deal with a lot of self-funded plans. So to me, I've always felt that the fully insured market was a little bit tight in that they didn't offer a lot of options. But that's not necessarily true anymore. And I think that employers need to hear some of the options that are out there. Employer plan sponsors, you know, want to see that their costs can be reduced. They want to know that their benefits are great, but everybody expects that no matter what, their benefits are going to reduce and their costs are going to go up every year. And that's always been kind of an, you know, an ongoing cycle with fully insured plans, unfortunately. But I think that the approach that CalChoice has taken kind of changes that thought process just a little bit. So I'd like you, if you wouldn't mind, to tell us briefly um, what's different about how CalChoice operates and how the plan sponsor can basically state their budget, so to speak, and maintain that budget, but still offer choices. Can you please explain to our listeners how CalChoice quoting works and how it allows plan sponsors to pick a plan and base their budgets on that plan, but offer additional plan choices at additional costs for employees? Yeah, absolutely. You know, up and down the state of California, uh, no group is exactly the same. CalChoice is not a one-size-fits-all type of, of of insurance program. So what we do is we, we run a quote based off of the census the employer gives us or the broker. And no matter what the employer's budget is, as long as it meets our minimum, they set their budget on a specific plan, a flat dollar amount, uh, maybe it's a percentage against the lowest cost plan available. And in a way, it almost loads up a proverbial insurance gift card now for the employees to take that that gift card and pick and choose any plan that best suits theirs or their family's needs, whatever it may be. Maybe it's uh, financial, maybe it uh, has to do with the, where their kid's pediatrician is or their specialist. Um, and it just allows the employees to have more freedom and still maintain the employer's budget. I think that's a great concept, and I wish that it had been around for a lot longer than it has been. But let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, CalChoice came about many years ago from a California Assembly bill that allowed for private as well as public exchanges, and that was well before the ACA. Can you tell us about the history of that Assembly bill and how CalChoice came about from that? So the bill you're referring to is Assembly Bill uh, AB 1672, and, and what it did for the small groups, back then it was 5 to 50 employees, it created age-banded rates, meaning the rates are based off of the employer's zip code and each employee's date of birth. 
Uh, prior to that, it, it was composite rates, and there was a lot of underwriting involved with the small groups. And uh, the, the healthier groups, in essence, would get a lower rate. The unhealthy groups or less healthy groups would get a higher rate or declined altogether. So AB 1672 came in, and, and basically, if a carrier is going to offer a plan to one one group, has to be that same plan has to be offered to any small group. Right, and that was a pretty big bill because, as you mentioned, it uh, basically eliminated the ability for carriers to, you know, uh, decline coverage to certain small groups. So it was a big deal back then in the 90s when this all came about. So there was also a public exchange that was created from the same assembly bill, but that failed. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why that public plan failed and why CalChoice survived and not only survived but thrived? Yeah, absolutely. So, so that public exchange uh, was was went by the name of Pack Advantage, and in, in a nutshell, they had basically loose underwriting guidelines, which led to adverse selection. Um, once it was out on the street that if a group was declined at one carrier, they can go to Pack Advantage and get it through their underwriting, and what that led to is the the adverse selection which eventually led to some higher rates, and some of their carrier partners had to pull out because of this. And eventually, Pack Advantage was down to two carriers, which is tough to, to really call yourself an exchange and give employees choice with just two different carriers. Um, CalChoice, over the years, we've, we've really survived and thrived off of our strong administration and, and our strong underwriting guidelines that we've agreed upon with our eight different carrier partners that we work with today just helped us keep a cleaner book of business, if you will, and keep uh, very happy carrier partners, which have given us long-term commitments and contracts to help us uh, not only survive today, but thrive and, and have a nice future ahead of us. Well, thank you for that explanation. I remember when all this was going on because I was I was in the business at that time. In fact, I, I worked for the company that was creating CalChoice at that time. So again, some good memories and some, some stressful times during that time period for sure. But uh, again, that's one of the reasons I want to uh, invite you today because of my own personal history at the very, very beginning of this for, you know, a small part of my career, but it was still part of my career in the background there. Uh, CalChoice isn't just one health plan. It's not just one carrier, as you mentioned. Can you tell our listeners what carriers you offer and the types of plan levels that you offer? And, you know, explain again, um, the plan levels come from the ACA metallic tiers, correct? That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, currently our, our carrier partners are Anthem Blue Cross. We have Cigna plus Oscar, HealthNet, Kaiser Permanente, Sharp, Sutter Health Plus, United Healthcare, and Western Health. Now, uh, four of those carriers are available statewide. Um, you can get them just about anywhere, all up and down the state of California. But we also have uh, uh, regional carrier partners, um, such as Cigna plus Oscar. Uh, Sharp is down in San Diego, very popular option down in San Diego. And then you got Sutter Health Plus and Western Health Advantage. Uh, those are available more in your um, Bay Area, Sacramento, wine country areas of California. And what's nice about having all these different carrier partners is some of these smaller regional carriers have smaller networks because they're only servicing those certain areas. And that really helps with cost control. Um, they also have contracts with some of the more uh, popular medical groups around those different areas to make them very popular um, in, in that specific region. Now, all of our carrier partners offer the four different metallic tiers or plans, I should say, in, in all four different metallic tiers. So we offer platinum gold, silver plans, and bronze plans. 
Uh, with California Choice, you can offer all four metal tiers, which around a little over 64% of all new business since we started offering um, all four metal tiers have gone that route. Um, and that way you can offer your employees any plan that best suits their need. You know, maybe, uh, you know, myself personally, I like silver. Me and my family, we're, we're a healthy family. We go in for our checkups, maybe a chest cold during the wintertime. So I like, one of my goals is taking as little out of my paycheck as possible. And with two kids on my plan, silver's what best suits my need. But several years ago, you know, my wife and I were planning a family and uh, we knew we were going to be at the hospital having a baby. So we bought up to back then would be considered a, a gold level plan, a little bit higher premium, but we saved money over the course of the year because the hospitalization and deductibles were, were lower. So it's good to offer all four metal tiers um, because you never know what those employees are going to want, especially if you're out there recruiting and trying to hire new employees. Maybe that new employee came from a, a large group uh, that are used to some, some very rich plans and they need platinum. Or maybe you're like me and want as little coming out of your paycheck as possible, and you've got your silver and bronze plans uh, available to you there. But no matter what the metal tier, you're going to have all these carrier partners, you know, within your home zip code uh, available on all the different metal tiers. It sounds like a perfect solution for a, a small group uh, employer that wants to offer choice and variety and still wants to maintain, of course, their budget levels. So I think that's, again, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast today is because it is so flexible and it does allow uh, employers to do that. So just so our listeners understand, uh, based on what you just said, um, an employer can take a look at the health plans that are offered, select a plan that meets their budget. Let's say it's a silver plan, 70% uh, ACA metallic plan, and base their budgets on that plan, but still offer the choice, as you talked about with your own family, to their employees. They can choose that plan, which a lot of us call their company-sponsored plan, or they can choose another plan and pay more or less depending on their plan selection, correct? That's correct. You, you hit it on the head. Um, actually, 70% of a silver plan is probably the most popular way for our, our groups to contribute or invest towards their, their insurance plan. Um, and, and what that does is it, it pays a significant portion of that silver plan. And it still allows each employee, uh, if you remember my gift card approach, uh, it allows those employees to either, you know, maybe they choose that exact plan that the employer is sponsoring and the employee now only pays 30% of it. Or maybe they have uh, a couple dependents on their plan and the, the, the group isn't contributing towards dependents. This approach allows those, those type of employees or members to buy what we call it to buy down. They can buy down to a lower cost silver plan or even a bronze plan to save on the, uh, the premiums. Um, or maybe they are a high consumer of the plans. You know, Maybe they're on a monthly uh, maintenance medication or have a knee replacement surgery coming up. That, that's probably more of a gold level plan that you'd want to be looking at. But what's nice about this is the employer locks in their budget wherever they're comfortable with. And instead of, of me and you or, or any brokers out there choosing the plans that's going to be offered to those employees, it puts that freedom back into the employee's hands and lets them make that decision without going above the employer's budget. And I'm sure that the human resources personnel like that because they can keep the, all the employees happy no matter what their you know wants and needs are. So I think that's always a plus as well. Uh, well, if the employer has locked into that chosen company-sponsored plan um, in one year, do they have to stay with that the following year, renewal year, or can they change that company-sponsored plan at renewal time? 
That's a great question. Uh, no, they, they can make a, any plan changes or contribution changes they want during the renewal. So we are going to lock them in for, for the year. Um, that way it, it's, you know, got cost control because uh, we do have four different rating um, periods. We're going to lock in the premiums and the, the employer's contribution. And then at, at the renewal, they can, they can raise their contribution. They can lower it. You know, a lot happens in the course of the year, especially the way our economy's been, you know, ups and downs throughout the year. Uh, it's also a time for them to maybe add a dental plan or a vision plan that maybe they didn't offer the year before. It, it's also a time where the employees now can review their plan over the last year. Um, I had me and my family in a gold plan for you know several years because you know I like the lower deductibles. Um, but after a few years, I realized you know what? we weren't using our plan too much. Sure, we were getting our checkups and you know our you know our going you know when we got a cold and we needed an antibiotic or something like that. Um, but at open enrollment, I kind of self-reviewed on what me and my family were using the plan for, and I was able to make a change on my own. To a plan that suit my need for the, the 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 next year without all my coworkers and, and employer having to move an entire plan with me. So it, again, it goes back to the you know the the freedom of the employees and uh, really all the plans that we're offering in metal tiers gives the ultimate access to care uh, out there in the industry. Well, thank you for that. It sounds like it could be a little bit confusing to the employees, though, maybe thinking too much information. I don't understand how to select a plan, that sort of thing. Can you tell us how CalChoice breaks down the options to the employees so that they can be more informed and better able to make a good choice as well as take some of the burden off of the employer, you know, so that they don't have to sit down with every single employee and try to explain all the health plans to them? Because let's face it, employers generally don't know the details of these health plans no yeah and I, I hear that from time to time and yeah we don't we don't expect the employers the human resources to be the experts on it so uh, with a lot of different plans offered can come some confusion um, you know I remember sitting in an enrollment with a, a bunch of 23 year olds and just got that blank stare after I got done explaining it to them so over the years we've created um, some smart decision technology that we we make available on our website. Um, the most important one probably is going to be our provider search. So a, a lot of people, their doctor is very important to them or their specialist or their pediatrician. Uh, now we might be offering, you know, several dozen plans at once, but if you look that doctor up or have us help you look it up, that doctor might take, you know, three, five, seven of those different plans. So, so now you're focused on maybe seven different plans that you can look at all right, what are the premiums associated with them? Uh, what are the plan designs? What do I think I'm going to be using this plan for the rest of the year? Uh, we also offer a uh, RX search. So as, as you know, in this, this industry, the prescriptions can be a huge driving force in the cost of your overall health insurance. Absolutely. Um, you know, not just the premiums, but uh, a lot of those prescriptions could be very costly. So we really encourage our employees to also look up their, their prescriptions, uh, not so much your cold medicines, but your monthly maintenance medications, think high blood pressure medicine, um, you know, AD and D medicine, something you're going to be picking up every month. Um, I, I helped one person who had three different heart medications that they, they had to have. It was vital to them. They were thinking Anthem Blue Cross because that's what they're used to. Well, we helped this, this gentleman look up his prescriptions and found that the, it would have been a tier four prescription for them, which would have been a lot more out of pocket than your tier one and two prescriptions would be. We found that United Healthcare not only offered those, but it was on their preferred list. So there's one way. Now we eliminated all the Anthem Blue Cross plans. It just focused on a handful of these United Healthcare plans. 
also, we like to do the enrollment meetings with them. Um, if, we can, if we can help these employees answer questions, especially about the plan design, it's pretty easy to read the premium, but once you get to the plan design, uh, it's nice to have an expert there to walk them through, help them read it, know what it means. Um, and then truth be told, Dorothy, a lot of these plans, people are shopping those five or six in the premium range that they're comfortable with. So I, I always say, don't get stuck in the weeds. Let's find the premium you're, you're comfortable with. Let's look up your doctors and answer a couple of questions for it. And I think you'll find it, it becomes quite simple. And I'm glad you use those examples because you use the examples of the 23-year-old, you know, <laughs> that population has a lot different needs, right? Than maybe the older population that will be looking potentially more, as you mentioned, things like the prescription drugs, which are huge. So you're able to custom, you know, obviously what those needs are. Um, and I was gonna ask a follow-up question, so I'm, I don't have to now because you actually cover those types of things. So thank you for that. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> so again, so that our listeners understand what's best for employee number one may not necessarily be the best for employee number two, correct? That is correct. Uh, Our our marketing now is California different. We're all completely different people. So I have one more example for you. My uh, sales manager used to bring our new sales reps out onto the floor and he would ask, how many of you guys out here are on Kaiser? And you generally get about 40% of us. All right, how many is on health net? You get a couple other hands raised. How many is on HMO? You know, you get 70%. How many is on PPO? So it was a good illustration to these these new sales rep employees on how diverse we all really are. Sure, we're all sitting in the same office. Um, you know, we've all worked together. But we all have different needs. And uh, CalChoice gave us that option to choose what best works for us as individuals. Right. So it's good for the for the employees and it's good, of course, for the employer if they can set their budgets by it. So that's always a good thing. Uh, are these plans age rated? They are, yes. So they're all age rated. So it, it the, the rates or premiums are based off of two things, the employer's zip code and the employee's date of birth, uh, as well as the dependents. So, you know, the dependents' date of birth will dictate their premiums as well. We also use the home zip code to show the employees what plans will be available within a, a certain mile radius of their home. Okay, thank you very much. How important is it to have an agent that can explain this to not only the employer, but also to the employees at open enrollment? Uh, in my opinion, very important that the agents and brokers out there in the field are are very valuable resources for these these groups out there. Not only can they help with uh, you know shopping these plans, help and explain it to the decision makers and owners, but a lot of them love to help with the enrollment as well um, and, and help explain it to the employees. And then if there's any kind of uh, issues, that broker can kind of pick up the ball and run with it for you and and help cut through those weeds. So in my opinion, the brokers are very very valuable out there. Does CalChoice, I think you mentioned this before, but do you guys offer field assistance during the open enrollment? It sounds like you offer quite a bit of it. We do. So we have uh, we have enrollers, bilingual enrollers uh, that cover Northern California and Southern California. Um, one of the beauties of this day and age is, is Zoom. So even if uh, that, that employer group is far from their location, uh, they're both well-versed in Zoom and they can get on and show their, their nice faces and smile and answer any questions. Um, and they also do infield uh, enrollments as well. Um, those are kind of dwindling a little bit. You know, you have certain industries like the manufacturers in- industries, um, certain shops that they, they just don't have a computer for everybody. It's just not that type of business. So that's generally where we see an in-person meeting nowadays. Um, but a lot of the, the, you know, the, you know, your CPAs, your law firms, you know, your, your insurance brokers, um, a lot of them are being done over Zoom now. 
Yeah, I think we all had to become Zoom experts over the course of the last couple of years with COVID. So something that we might not have been familiar with or comfortable with two years ago, it's now so second nature to us. It's it's unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Absolutely. it makes it a lot easier when you have remote employees and that sort of thing for sure. Um, what kind of support team does CalChoice offer? What if an employer has a question for CalChoice? Do they call CalChoice directly? Do they go through their broker? How does that work? What options are there? Yeah, it kind of depends on, on their questions or needs. Uh, I would say our customer service department can handle just about any kind of question or concern um, that the employer has. Um, so a lot of times they, they call the sales rep as well, but we really try to encourage them to call the customer service department because you're always going to get a live rep uh, basically right away there. Um, there's very few instances that I would say they would need to lean on their broker for, for questions. Maybe it has to do with claims. Um, that's one of the things that our customer service team uh, does not handle because claims, they'll go from the doctor's office or hospital right to the carrier direct, our carrier partners that I mentioned earlier. And sometimes the employer or the even the employee, they're just not sure who to go to. Um, I, you know, I can't even tell you where my ID card is now with the 800 number. Um, so I would probably lean on my broker to help point me in the right direction on something like that. So I have one more question administratively, uh, again, because I used to work for a third party administrator. I ran a third party administrator for many years. So this question always is, you know, up front in my mind. Tell us about the billing services and how this works. It sounds like employers that may not be familiar with CalChoice might be a little confused, thinking too many carriers, too many bills, too confusing for us. So can you tell us how CalChoice works with billings? I would love to. Yeah. So I, I do lots of uh, presentations to decision makers and, and, and business owners. And as I'm telling them about all of our carrier partners and options, sometimes I can see them scratching their head. Like, how am I going to keep track of all this? Am I going to get a bill from Anthem? Exactly. From Kaiser. That's exactly. That's, yeah. So, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, it happens. So the, the, the invoice is actually the last page on our quote. And that's kind of what I, what I call ties the bow on CalChoice. It's, it's really what makes us tick. So even though we're offering a huge majority of the small group health insurance uh, carriers in the state of California, we're going to put all those different carriers all on one, one monthly invoice. So it, whether you have employees on Anthem or Signal Plus Oscar, you're going to be able to see that on our invoice. Our invoice is going to cover, uh, it's going to show what 100% of that premium is. And then off to the right, it's going to give you a breakdown. Here's how much of the employer budget is going to pay for out of that entire premium. And then over to the right of that, you're going to see what's left over for the employee to pay through payroll uh, deduction. And we do offer premium only plans at no cost. So those are typically pre-tax employee deductions. Um, so the employer will send the entire invoice amount to CalChoice, and then they'll pull the difference uh, a premium out of each employee's paycheck on a monthly basis. Right. Thank you very much for that clarification. What type of benefit information uh, do you have that you offer to participants so that they can see the differences, you know, in the tier levels and the carriers and so forth? What, what does CalChoice offer there? Yeah, we have quite a few different uh, options for them. So right away on our, our worksheets, uh, so the worksheet is each individual employee will, will get their own worksheet with their plans available their premiums. Now on the follow-up pages will be kind of the meat and potatoes of the plan design, if you will. There's a lot to each plan on the design. So on our worksheets, it's going to tell you, um, you know, what network that plan has, uh, what the deductible, if any, uh, is associated with that plan, uh, your doctors and specialist copay amounts, your uh, prescription costs, um, and also your hospitalization, 
and then your out-of-pocket max. So what I would say 90 plus percent of us are really going to be focused on. But we do also offer uh, benefit summaries for every metal tier and every plan. And then you're going to get a little more details in there, like what does an ambulance service cost? Uh, what are, maybe physical therapy, whether that plan offers chiropractic benefits or not. And then also uh, more of your prescription tiers. Our worksheets are going to show your generic and your brand. The benefit summaries are also going to show your, your, you know, your specialty drugs and then your non-formulary drug cost as well. Um, and then if you really want to get into the details, our website has the uh, EOCs and also the SBCs that were brought around the, uh, the, the Affordable Care Act time. So your, your SBCs, if, if you, know, you guys remember these, are kind of like your cliff notes back in school. You know, it's, it's kind of the quick summary of the overall book or the EOCs being the contracts. Oh, I know all about those. I have to do them myself for all of our self-funded clients. I have to create them myself because there's no carrier to do them for them. So, yeah, I'm very, very familiar with the SBC, but thank you for bringing that up. I'm, I, I was going to ask okay. you about that anyway. Uh, so in a nutshell, especially because this is the first of three uh, podcasts in my series here on health plan financing and cost containment, why – is this a good health plan financing method for small employers? And of course, here in California, that means uh, employers with less than 100 employees. Why, why is this a good method? Well, it's a good method because it's a way for that employer to, to lock in the budget that they're comfortable with for, for the plan year. And as I mentioned earlier, that you know the employer locks in their budget and we don't have to pick one or two plans or a carrier or two to offer the employees and say, here you go, take it or leave it. We lock in that budget and uh, let the employees pick and choose whatever best suits their need. I, I rarely see uh, an invoice that has uh, just one carrier and one set of plans on it. Um, like I said, here in California, we're all very different. And we're in a new environment now to where a lot of employers don't have to hire within their backyard. You might have an Orange County company hiring somebody up in Napa Valley which are going to have some different carrier options and different medical groups in there. So instead of offering just, you know, two different Southern California style plans, it, you're able to open up the entire book and, and keep those employees happy. And it helps with recruiting and also retention. And uh, on a final note on that, what we found because we do offer so many different options to meet each employee's needs, uh, our retention ratio or the amount of years our groups renew with us is is right around eight years, which is huge in our industry. That is, that is uh, so, definitely a that's 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 huge. I've never, it, I don't think I know of any other type of health plan option out there that has that type of retention. Oh yeah, it alleviates stress on the the group contact because you're not having to shop every year and move plans, and then also for the broker, it, it just makes your life way easier because you, you don't have to worry about moving that group every. I think two and a half to three years is the average that a group moves to a different carrier plan. Yes, I think you're right about that. Uh, so I really appreciate this, I, Bob. I, I really do. We're unfortunately out of time today, but thank you for sharing all this great information with us today. If someone should want to reach out to CalChoice, how would they do that? So if they want to reach out to California Choice, uh, there's a couple different ways. You can call 800-542-4200, or you can go to CaliforniaChoice.com and get good information there and even, even uh, run a quote. Thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate this. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And to everybody else that's out there, please be healthy, be safe, and thank you for listening. Don't forget, part two and part three of this series continues in the next two weeks. Part two is going to be on plan financing with alternate funding and self-funding. And part three will be an employer discussion on the use of reference-based pricing financing in a self-funded health plan, the positives and the negatives direct from the end user, the employer. If you'd like more detailed information on either of these topics, please visit our website at 
advancedbenefitconsulting.com or take a look at our May and June webinar series on these topics for an important two-part webinar series on health plan financing and cost containment. So thank you very much, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for compliance tips, cost containment ideas, new trends, and decision-making tools. This podcast is produced by Advanced Benefit Consulting, Anaheim, California. All views expressed are those of the host or interviewees and not necessarily those of Advanced Benefit Consulting. Information contained herein should not be construed as legal advice. We always recommend that you consult with your legal counsel as situations do vary. Ms. Koshu can be reached at 714-693-9754, extension 3. Toll free at 866-658-3835 or visit our website at advancedbenefitconsulting.com.